0: We did. We did finish up the I Am Statements, but that's a good plug for that. So we had just finished the I Am Statements a few weeks ago. And we went through that because we wanted you all to experience what Jesus is like. When he gives these statements, he tells us what he's like and who he is. We're in 1 John now because John is the same guy who wrote the Gospel of John. John, at this point, I've told you all, he's in his, like, 60s. But he learned the lessons that he is writing when he was in middle school. So I think it's really important to think through what are you learning right now? What are you learning in church? The Lord will use things that you're learning right now to shape your life. Um, A fun little thing SP shared at one point that your age right now, the age that you're at is some of the most impressionable times in your life. And the things that you learn are going to throughout your whole life shape you as an adult. And we actually see that with John. We see that John learned these things in middle school time. And the things that he's teaching, the things that he's pointing to, were very important lessons he learned when he was your age. So don't doubt what you can learn at your age. Don't doubt what the Lord wants to show you. Don't doubt the lessons that you'll learn even now that you'll use as an adult. But yeah, we're going through 1 John. So the theme or the, the main idea, we're going to break it down, is live as children of God. John is telling us all throughout like the first week we talked about what it means to live this confessional life. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. We talked about not loving the world. And then what we're going to hit in John 3 for the rest of our time over the next few weeks is what it means to love people the way that God loves us. But before we open that thought, there's a closing thought at the end of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3 about what it means to live as children of God. And so can you all go to the next slide for me? Children of God experience the transformation of Christ's presence, the purpose of Christ's presence, and the victory of Christ's presence. We're going to talk about all three of those things today. I want us to see it, and if you don't remember the scripture, though we do have it, it's 1 John 2, verses 28 through 3.8. Uh, we're going to talk about that today, but if you don't remember, we're talking about what it means to experience God, but we do that through Christ. And so, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to read, unless someone would like to read. Is there anyone who would like to read what we have up here? All right, awesome. If you want to read on this mic, and then when you're done, you can just turn it off. Can you all pull up 1 John for me? All right. If you want to read that, and then I'll pray. So now. Yeah, go ahead. So now, little children, remain in him, so that when he appears, we may have boldness and not be ashamed before him as is coming. If you know that he is righteous, you will know this as well. Everyone who does what is right has been born to him. Look at how great a love the Father has given us, that we should be called the God's children, and we are. The reason that the the reason the world does not know us is that he didn't know, we didn't know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who, is, who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you love us. Lord, if we don't know what it means to love you, may we, through your spirit, learn that today. Lord, if we love you, but we just we struggle with learning what it looks like to love you, may we talk about that today, Lord. Um, Lord, if we have a great relationship, may we thank you for that. Lord, thank you for your son. It's his name we pray, amen. All right, can you all go to that next slide for me? So what we see here and what we're gonna talk about um, in verse 28, it says, Now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence. Abiding is a term that actually we talked about in 1 John when we went through it. I believe Maggie taught on abiding. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, I was pretty sure Maggie taught on um, what it means to abide. But I just wanted to give us a little bit of a definition. Abiding means to remain stable or fixed in a state. Can you all go back to that slide from the scripture slide for me? Here's why that matters. So we're going to break this down. To abide is an old term that means basically to be in a fixed state or be by something. What, what John is wanting us to see and what we're going to unpack, but I just want us to start with what it means to abide. John spent a daily walk with Jesus. He spent a daily walk with Jesus where he hung out with him. John actually, like he said at the beginning of 1 John, got to eat meals with Jesus he walked to different cities and talked about what was going on in his life with Jesus. He truly lived life with Jesus. And what John wants us to see as a child of God, our first point, is, that is a transform is the transformation of Christ's presence. And for some of you, maybe you have this abiding relationship. That means like you are daily spending time with the Lord. Maybe for some of you, you spend weekly time with the Lord. You still have an abiding relationship, but it might not be every day. John is saying, we're going to talk about what it means to have a relationship with the Lord. We start with the transforming presence, but here's what I want us to hear. John is saying that if we want to experience this transformational life, it has to start with abiding. And that's why I'm starting here. Because John is about to say things that are uh, essentially bad. Things that we do that are bad and things that we do that are good. But if all you hear out of this morning is I want you to act good and not bad, you're going to miss the point. If we have an abiding relationship with Christ which means we are daily spending time with God in his word or in prayer or doing that with our families. If we are doing that every day, God is going to produce fruit in our life. And that's what John 15, what Maggie taught on, was talking about. The more time you spend time with God, the more you're going to grow. Like if you were all plants. All right, just curious. We talked about this a while back, but what do plants need to grow? All right, go ahead. Son, keep yelling, just yell them out. Water, sun, good soil, all these things. All right, thank you. Now, I appreciate those. Those are great things. To produce good fruit in a plant's life, it needs things to sustain it. It needs things to make it grow and nourish it. What what John is about to talk about, and I really want us to get this point, because if you don't hear that, you're going to assume I want you to just act better, and that's not what we're doing here. Um, If we spend a daily time with the Lord... If we pray, if we read our Bibles, you're not going to be perfect. But if you do that consistently, the Lord is going to grow in you like a plant grows from getting in the right soil, getting water, getting sunlight. If you start your day and spend it around that theme, you are going to know what is good. God is going to reveal that to you. Hey, can you pull up that picture for me real quick? All right, that's me as a baby. Um, Some of you who are eighth graders are going to send us baby pics, so just know that I'm doing it too, so you don't have to feel silly. There's me as a baby, but here's why. Besides that, uh, you don't put other people's babies on, like, you can't really post that. You're not supposed to do that, and so I was like, you know, I don't want to ask someone last minute if I can post a photo of their current baby, so that's me as a baby, but here's why I did that. Um, Fun fact about babies. When a baby is born, even before a baby is born, when it is in the mother's womb, it knows its mother's voice. When a baby is born, it can hear its mother's voice. It knows its mother's voice from day one, that this is my mom, which is really cool when you think about it, that it knows its mom's voice. The, transforming, the transformation that I'm talking about, when we abide, when we read our Bibles, when we pray, God speaks to us through his spirit. And maybe you've never heard that term, spirit. Um, Some of you might have heard this around Easter, and we've talked about it a little bit, but the Holy Spirit, who is a part of God, if you confess Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit teaches us how to live. The Holy Spirit convicts our hearts. The Holy Spirit teaches us what it means to have an abiding relationship with the Lord. So before we talk about things that are good and things that are bad, we have to start with a transformed presence in our life. Like, If we want to start with the transformation of Christ or his presence in our life, we have to spend time with him because over time we're going to hear from God's spirit what is right and what is wrong. And when you, hear some, when you know something is wrong because God is telling you what you're doing is sin and you keep doing it, that's a problem. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But I want us to start with out of love we are transformed through a loving relationship with God. And through God's word, through coming to church, through these different things, God will put things on your heart that are good and right and produce good fruit in your life. Um, just real quick, what do you think kills a plant? Like, what are things that would destroy a plant? You can just yell them out. Watering, so you can overwater it. What else? Rocky soil, so things that can just in its life naturally cause something to die. Anything, what? Drought, yeah. Um, I'll give one more and we keep going. Oh, wait, go ahead. What's up, Press? Huh? Your dog? Okay, good, because your dog ties into also what I was going to say, like bugs and insects. Guys, there's so many things in the everyday life of a plant that want to destroy a plant. Does that make sense? There are things in our life that want to destroy our life. We're going to talk more about who Satan is in our life, but if we want to have an abiding faith, we have to start with being anchored to who God is, and then knowing these outside things want to destroy our plant, if you will, destroy our fruit. We have to be aware of what we're allowing in our life that's harmful. But... Christ softens our heart. We hear his voice. He transforms us if we have an abiding relationship with him. Hey, can you all go to my next point over there? Go to the, Yeah, there we go. The purpose of Christ's presence. So we talked about the first part, the transforming presence, if you will. That is from a daily experience with God. And through that, if we were a plant, if you saw a plant, we would grow because the more we spend time with Christ, the more he is producing good fruit in our lives. All right, go to the next slide for me, though. Let's talk about the purpose of Christ's presence. So I'm going to read this. Um, I want us to keep going back to Scripture because this is what I'm talking about. If you get nothing out of what I did today, but you go back and read um, second, 1 John 2, 28 through uh, 1 John 3, 8, if you remember that and you read it, that's more than me uh, talking about it, but that's what we're going to talk about. So starting in verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know, he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. We're going to talk about the the rest in a little bit, but I want us to see here, before we get into who the devil is and all of that, because that's where we're leading. It starts here. Um, It starts with the more we spend time with God, the more we're going to know his voice, the more that he is going to shape us. Um, If you don't know the point of Christ in our life, the purpose of Christ Um, if you, I gave you examples about how it's hard for a plant to grow. I gave you all these examples of things that want to destroy a plant. If you think that your good works is going to produce that fruit, if you think by you acting the very best, the very best, never messing up is going to make you right with God, you're going to miss the point. I don't know how many of you have a hard time with your parents. Maybe like you don't say things, but they make you angry. You might get a little frustrated or maybe at school, like it's really hard for you to not th- like someone does something, you get angry. Um, I had something this morning. I got a little text message that flared me up. And here's why I bring that up. Um, we have things in our, in our life that can frustrate us. We have things that um, we're going to do where we're going to sin. It's going to come naturally to us. We're going to talk about that in the second part of today. But there's so many things in our everyday life that we do where we are not perfect. If you think you're perfect this morning, uh, your parents may love you because of what Christ has done. But we sin. We are not perfect. And we do things that constantly mess us up. And the purpose of Christ, it was right there in verse 5. You know that Jesus appeared in order to take away sins. And in Jesus, there is no sin. Clearly, we sin. Clearly, everyone in this room does something to sin. But the point of Jesus in our life, the purpose of Christ in our life is if we spend a daily abiding relationship with God, if we are constantly reading his word, if we are in prayer, if we have that close relationship, God's word tells us that Jesus saw how we are imperfect. He saw that we are going to constantly put other things before Jesus that in our everyday life, we're going to be tempted to spend more time on social media than think about the things of God. We're going to get caught in these YouTube loops. More than we want to think about God. And that's not the point. The point is, if we love God, Jesus knew that we would sin, sent his Son, lived a perfect life. And out of a response to that, that when we mess up, we go back to the Father. That's going to make more sense. I'm going to put a bow on it when we get to our last point. But I want us to see this real quick when I talk about this. So, the transforming presence, someone had to show that to you. When I was in eighth grade, I was not a Christian. Um, I grew up in a semi-Christian home, but, like, my parents' divorce and other stuff in my life just made me very bitter at God. I grew up very frustrated at God. I grew, very fr- uh, I grew up very frustrated at the church. It's just something I didn't want. Um, but then, so when I talk about the transforming presence, in order to be transformed, and we're going to get to this point too, someone has to show you who God is. Jesus right here showed us who he is. And then when we talk about the purpose of Christ, he showed us and he modeled it. He revealed himself and he taught us how to live. um, Christ called me to salvation in eighth grade because friends on the football team invited me to church. I didn't want to go to church. I had no desire to go to church from all my hurt. Hadn't wanted nothing to do with the church. Um, But it was over time going to church with my friends, just throwing a football, um, you know, falling asleep in the, in the messages, honestly, not staying awake, not wanting to be there, but going with my friends, I learned what it meant to follow Christ. There was an internship, my um, going into freshman year of high school for all of the, the church kids, and we just came up and we cleaned the church, and um, we went and got a meal after. And again, I wanted to do that to be with my friends. But what I saw was something that I needed in my life. I saw my youth pastor who loved Jesus love us. And here's where that matters for you and your friends. When people see that you have an abiding relationship and the presence of God is in your life, you're going to reflect Christ. You're going to do things that other people aren't doing. You're going to be nice to people. That sounds silly, but one of the fruits of the Spirit is love. You're going to treat people differently. And you're going to see how our people are, at least in your hearts, are going to see how you love Jesus. Like some of you are, you're at church today. That's great. Some people would be like, oh, you're a mega Christian. But they're going to see not only that you go to church, but the rest of your week is filtered through, hey, I love God. The way I'm going to act, not perfectly, but the way I'm going to act is a reflection of that. People are going to see, like how I saw in my youth pastor, a guy who had kids and a wife and would spend so much, so many evenings with us for dinner. He would come to our games. He would come to all of this stuff because he wanted to show us how much God loves us. And if you were like me in eighth grade who really struggled to love their parents and had a really hard relationship with their parents, to see that God's love is perfect and to see that modeled through my youth pastor rocked my world. Um, so I don't know where you are with your view of God, but if you love him and you just see him as a father who loves you unconditionally, loves you for who, who you are in Christ, we can see because what Christ has done, what it means to model that. Um, can you all go to my last point for me? There we go. The victory of Christ's presence. So I kind of introduced a little bit of that with what we just talked about, but I want to break it down a little bit more. Go to the next slide for me, and we're going to read this, and we're going to break it down. All right. So verses 7 through, or really verses 6 through 8 is where I want us to go. So no one who abides in Jesus keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen Jesus or known Jesus. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as Jesus is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, if we haven't been paying attention and you hear that, what I'm gonna, what you might take away is, if I sin, I'm of the devil, and that's not true. But this is what John wants us to see when he says little children, by the way, that's just a, He was an old man. Think of like a grandpa. It's kind of like a grandpa just saying, hey, you young people. He's just trying to say, hey, all of you who are basically younger than me because I'm, I'm a little bit older, I want you to see this. So this is just as much for you. It's just as much for your parents. It's for anyone who's in Christ. He wants people to see this. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. I want to talk about this real quick because I'm not saying if you sin that um, you're of the devil. But here's what John wants us to see. We talked about fruit. We talked about an abiding fruit. We talked about when you spend time with Jesus, fruit is grown, right? Spiritual fruit is grown. When you spend time with Jesus and you know his voice, you're going to know what's right and wrong. It's not that we don't sin. But if we're constantly sinning and we're sinning in a unique way maybe, maybe it's not that we're just struggling with being a little bit angry, but we intentionally, some of you actually probably have friends who love to break the rules and constantly break the rules. Um... I've already heard some of the kids at HP like to do things, put things in their body that are harmful to them and constantly doing that. And it's not a do or don't thing. That's not what I'm trying to say, even though we don't do those things because it's wrong. But what I want us to see is if we think sin is fun because the world's going to tell us sin is fun and we keep sinning and we keep sinning and we don't do what God's word says to repent, which eyes on me because this is, if you can get this at your age and you can walk this out in love, the Lord's going to mature you so much. When we sin, when we do something that is harmful, hopefully God's spirit's going to put it on your heart. But we we need to go pray. We need to pray for forgiveness. Not because we're earning our way with God, but every time we repent, this is what repenting means. Repenting means, hey, God, I just did something that I thought was going to bring me life. Your word says it's harmful, but I did it anyways. God, that was wrong. I disobeyed. God, you love me. I know you love me, but help me. That's essentially like repenting is asking God for help. And when we don't ask God for help, when we continue to go down those rabbit trails, uh, we forget God's voice. I wanted you all to tell me what happens to those plants, because when we forget God's voice, that's essentially like a dog or overwatering or something coming in and killing that plant. Or like, have you all ever seen like those really tall trees, maybe in the redwoods and everything? Some of them are look on the outside like they're alive. Some of these big trees look so alive, but on the inside, they're hollow and dead. And that's what it means to live your life unrepentant, even if you come to church, even if you're around reading your Bibles, even if you're doing that. On the outside, you may look really put together, but on the inside, it's hollow and it's fake. And so if we are not repenting, we're killing, we're killing us from the inside. We're like that tree that's hollow and there's nothing on the inside. It's dead. It looks alive, but it's been dead for a while. And then, like a tree that's dead, it may look alive, but over time you're going to see branches fall. You're going to see things start to unravel. So just a word of caution and love for you all today. If that is you, if you're living a lifestyle where you would say you know Christ, but your life doesn't look like it, you can fake it for a little bit. But it's going to show. Um, A phrase that Pastor Mark says that I'll never forget is your gifts, your abilities are always going to outlast your fruit. And so you could be spiritually dead on the inside and you could fake it for a while. You could maybe fake it for a long time, but inside you're going to feel it. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel not at peace. You're going to feel frustrated. And then eventually it's going to be shown to everyone else. And that's not the point of me saying it. It's not so other people will see it. It's because if we have an abiding relationship, that's something that's in our hearts. Um, and this is a personal one for me because my I came to faith. I told you all through friends who invited me on the football team. We would go every um, Wednesday to church. We'd go to youth group on Sunday nights. We did everything. We loved it. Um, but over time, they... They're not, with, they're not walking with the Lord right now, and some of them have made really harmful choices they can never take back. And it started with them not listening to the voice of the Lord in their everyday life. It started with them not seeking forgiveness. I mean, these were guys who went on I me mean, with mission trips through our church. These were guys who filled their summer with churchy things. But when it came to high school, there were other things that got brought to them. There were other things that they thought would bring them life. And they went after that, and they didn't repent. And I don't know if... Um, You've heard this example, but, like, let's say that it's a dark room and I can see the light. And then over time I stop looking at a light and I kind of keep walking this way. I'm going to lose track of where I am. If you're in a cave, we talked about this. If you're in a cave and it's dark, you can't see where you are. And when we sin and we don't repent, guys, think of a light in our life just getting darker and darker and darker. And we can't see where God is and we can't really hear his voice. Even if you heard someone's voice in a cave and it was dark, you wouldn't know where to go. So maybe for some of you, you have an abiding relationship with God, but you're starting to do these things that are harmful. Stop now. That's what, that's what God wants us to see. This stuff is destructive. And um, I can talk. some of you all know about it. I can talk more about it if you ever want to. But, yeah, I've seen friends really ruin their life in ways they will never get back, and it hurts every time. Um, but I want us to end with this. I talked about John 15. Maggie taught on John 15. Guys, do I have John 15 on there? If not, I'm going to read it. I might not have given it to you all. Did I give it to you all? No, that's fine. I didn't think I did. Um, So here's what I want us to see. Maggie taught on this when Jesus said, I am the vine. But here's why this matters. And here's why it matters for your faith. Um, Man, let me read this real quick out of John 15. It says every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and I in him is he who bears much fruit from apart from me you can do nothing. Final point, it's it's about how we experience as children of God, how we experience the victory of Christ's presence. That was the last point, the victory of Christ's presence. Here's what that means. If we are abiding in Christ, you're going to be tempted to sin. You're going to be tempted to do things that are not good. And you might actually do some of that because, shocker, everyone in this room is a sinner. You're going to do something that's not perfect. That's why Christ had to die for us. But if we can acknowledge from those hard things, whether it's something that's being done to a family member or something we're experiencing, if we want to experience victory in Christ and live as a child of God, it means that, hey, God is not like God loves you. He's not he doesn't love you more if you do good things. He doesn't love you less if you do things that aren't good. But here's the important thing. If you love him, you want to spend time with him. If you want to experience the, the, victor, the, the presence, essentially the, the victory of Christ's presence, you need to know his voice. You need to spend time with him. And you're going to have friends throughout your life tell you, well, if you really want to experience the goodness of life, you need to do this. Or if you really want to be seen as popular, you need to do this. Or whatever it may be for you. Um, here's what I want us to see. Um, these different things, guys, that you may be struggling with. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's wanting to be seen as cool from your friends. I don't know if it's, hey, um, people say doing this feels good. I want to do it. If, whatever it may be for you, if you say that that is more important than having a relationship with the Lord, you're over time going to sin, and you're going to feel so far from God. Um, Maggie, SP, all of us can tell you stories of friends or family who, who maybe, like you, grew up in church, came to church, did churchy things. And they're our our age, and they are spiritually dead. Because it's not based on how good you are, it's based on Christ's presence in your life. And and if we have the victory of Christ's presence in our life, when people tempt us to sin, we'll be brought back to God's word, which is like, this isn't on there, but James says that when we are experiencing trials, that God does not tempt us, but he provides a way up for us to escape trials and temptation. Final point, and I'm going to pray. If we love God... We want to spend time with God. We don't try to be the best person we can be so God will love us more. If you do that, you're going to miss the point of it. And when you do sin, you're probably going to get frustrated because you think God loves you less. But if we see it as an abiding relationship, something that we just want to spend time with God because we love him, he's going to produce the good fruit. So when you are tempted to sin, when my friends in high school, the ones who are not with Christ right now, wanted me to do things that I knew were wrong, I didn't, without a shadow of a doubt, I knew that, hey, God loves me. God cares about me. If these people are going to look down on me because I'm not doing that, I'm okay. Because Jesus is enough. Jesus is more than enough in our everyday life. Um, we have salvation through him. It's, it, part of the reason I put the victory of Christ's presence is it's a good thing. It's exciting. It's not sour lemons. An experience with God is not bitter. An experience with God is not that I'm missing out. An experience with God is you are living life to the abundance. You're having life and life abundantly, as Jesus said. I'm going to pray. And we are going to hang out. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you love us. Lord, thank you that because of Jesus, we can have a relationship with you that matters. Lord, next week we're going to talk about what it means to share the love of God with others. If we can't start here, if we can't start from a place of knowing you and abiding in you, we're going to miss everything. Lord, help us with that through your word and through your spirit. May we not leave today thinking we need to be better, but may we leave knowing that Jesus is enough, and because Jesus is better, we have a relationship with you that the world will want to take away, but it can't if we're in you. Lord, thank you for these. this group of students. Protect them from Satan. God's word, even in there, and John talks about Satan's presence. Protect us from the evil one. Lord, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.